Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Yeah, a little cake there. All right, wrap it up the 7 o'clock hour. Coming up in just about an hour from now, we're going to be talking to the voice of the Super Bowl that you'll hear on Westwood One. The man, the myth, myth, the legend, Kevin Harlan. Last time we talked to him uh, was this time a year ago, and that also led to a Chiefs victory. So there is uh, some good juju with that one um, if you are a Chiefs fan. But we will be talking to Kevin Harlan in just about an hour from now as we always look forward to talking to our next guest during the football season. And then after a little bit of time off, we get one last crack before we get back into football season a little bit later on this year, and that is Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. Lee, good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm going down. You're, you're interview number six of 44 today. Oh, so wow. I'll let you know in exactly 12 hours when I walk out how I'm feeling. So if anything changes, too, please let us know, because I know okay. after a while, you know. It's start. Yeah. So are you in, Are you uh, still in Florida? Are you, you going to take yeah. it into Vegas? I didn't go to the Super Bowl this okay. year. I've been on the road. I had a bunch of friends have birthday parties, thrown themselves 60th birthday parties. So yeah. that had a wedding in New Orleans. So just enjoying being home. and uh, But I think we've got a good Super Bowl. Got two really good teams. I think we've got a bunch of prop wagers uh where we can take advantage of uh, and hopefully score big. All right, as we think of the Super Bowl, not only the food and the matchup itself, but also the prop bets, as you mentioned. So let's get into it. Uh, What are some of the prop bets that have your attention and uh, some of the ways that we should lean in these prop bets? All right, so let's first start before the game. As we know, pretty pretty famous for for getting my daughter's opinion on the national anthem. I got to know this one. Big stage, and she studied it. She's won nine straight, going for ten straight. Now, she loves Reba McIntyre, says Mm -hmm. she's a storyteller, but the last three of the last five have gone over two minutes. She's kind of dead set in her ways. She does not feel she's going to play this thing out. Says she clips a lot of the ends of her phrases. There's over 22 national anthems starting in 1976 at a rodeo. She's even done two World Series games. But 19 of the 22 are under, and she just does not feel she's going to change you know, what she's done best over the years and and just play it out on the national stage. So it's at 90 and a half. She thinks she's going to go under 90 and a half seconds for the Super Bowl national anthem. Got to include a Taylor Swift prop here. Yeah. I'm not going to play, is she going to hug, hug Travis Kelsey's mom after a touchdown or something like that? That's uh, too random. But I will play the under five and a half appearances from the start of the game yeah. to the end of the game. You know, when people like Eli or Peyton Manning were playing and they would have props of uh, like two and a half, how many times they'd show their brother. Yeah. Always be like one. Yeah. I think they've got a directive and they're going to tell uh, people that are going to be, you know, uh, uh, running the cameras, hey, let's show, you know, her after a touchdown yeah. or after a key reception, you know, like third and 15 or a great one-handed catch. But five and a half, I think, is juiced. We'll go under there. Then a couple player props I like. I think the game, 
think San Francisco realized they could not fall behind Kansas City like they did against Green Bay and Detroit. It would be over then. So I think they're going to run the ball more, especially in the first half, Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to get the ball three, four, five times over 19, over 13 and a half rushing yards. He could gain 15 yards or more in just one rush. Yep. Also, Brock Purdy. How about this? Kansas City's pass defense is not allowed in the modern day era. This record is incredible. Not one quarterback to not only throw for 300 yards, not one quarterback in the 20 games this year is home for 260 yards. We'll go under 247 and a half passing yards for Brock Purdy. And then a couple wagers I like for the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, longest completion, under 35 and a half yards. And also Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he doesn't get in much anyways, and it's usually only in passing situations. So uh, I think I'm going to go under seven and a half rushing yards there. And then one also as far as uh, uh, penalties, I'm going to go Kansas City Chiefs under five and a half penalties here. So uh, this is a very disciplined team, and yeah. they've been there before. Even if they fall behind, I think they'll keep their cool. All right, I love it, and so I I will say this: I got on the the anthem part of this uh, earlier today, and I was talking about how I felt it would go over because I I, I said I wasn't trying to like I'm not trying to put Reba McIntyre out to pasture. I just said this is like the pinnacle highlight. I don't think she's going to be doing any like yeah we big, got sad earlier big stage uh, national anthems anymore. She'll have her concerts and everything too. So I thought maybe she would lean into it a little bit. But as far as like kind of the clipping of of certain words during an anthem to go Great. off of, I love the I love the research that's gone into this one, oh, especially on your daughter's even part. Deeper. So my daughter spent five and a half hours. Wow. Last Saturday, studying it. <laughs> and when she came back, she was excited. And I'm, I thought she was going to go with the over, but she's like, no. She has okay. broken it down. She even told me, she goes, Dad, listen, when I sing national anthems at football games, I start on a D. She mm-hmm. goes, she started in the 80s on a C note. I don't even know. This doesn't make much, doesn't make much sense to yeah. me. But she goes, in the 90s, for people who understand music, she was a B. Since 2012, she starts on an A. She's not going to end on a C or a D note. So she says she's just comfortable singing it the way she's sang it for so many years. Don't expect her to all of a sudden, you know, try to play it out. um, So she feels that she'll go under 90 and a half seconds. You're going to have to ask your daughter uh, and maybe we'll, uh, you can, you can email us the, the answer to this one. Uh, for someone like her that is extremely musically gifted and talented and is saying her share of national anthems as well, does she consider the Whitney Houston national anthem in the Super Bowl the gold standard? She does, and so do I. One time, I'll never forget this, someone said it's the best national anthem you've ever heard. I said, well, you need to go listen to Whitney Houston. Yeah. There's Whitney Houston. It's like Whitney Houston is like Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw, put all the great ones and all together, yeah. and then everyone else. Yeah, I, I would agree. It, it Last year's was pretty solid, I, I yep. feel like, but there's always going to be the, the Whitney Houston one that's kind of the gold standard. And I, I always I always feel like that's another reason I, I, I want to like hit the over on certain ones because I feel like they're going to always try to outbest them, especially some well, of the female vocalists. I'm going to keep riding my daughter. She's hit, she's hit nine straight. Oh, so. yeah. I'm, I'm thinking – I'm glad I haven't <laughs> – I haven't put money down on this yet, so maybe okay. I, get, I need to rethink this. But uh, Okay. Lee, always appreciate it. Enjoy the Super Bowl, um, and uh, the very best to you and your great family. Okay. Sounds good. Take care, guys. Be safe. That's Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Some good ones there. If you if you missed it, uh, just a couple of ones that Lee likes. He likes the over, and again, his daughter has now rattled off 
11 straight wins when it comes to uh, her prediction on the anthem. So that has been, she's, she's taken the under, so don't listen to yahoos like me. Uh, the Taylor Swift, uh, this is where he and Gary are also in agreement. The five and a half appearances from the start of the broadcast to the end of the broadcast uh, for Taylor Swift, five and a half is the prop bet. He's taking the under. I know Gary liked that as well. Uh, Debo Samuel, this is where uh, he and I are in lockstep here. Debo Samuel, I'm getting a fan duel at 16 and a half. He's getting at 13 and a half, but Debo Samuel over uh, 13 and a half or 16 and a half rushing yards. And then Brock Purdy, under 247 and a half passing yards and then Patrick Mahomes longest completion uh set at 35 and a half yards he's taking the under on that one I like that too we, we got a couple of callers on the uh 42 degrees hotline they've been very patient and holding yes in. let's go to Jeff uh first uh, Brian, or Brian? Brian, 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 first. Brian first on the 42 degree hotline as we're talking also a little bit of that hall of fame class and a little Roger Craig conversation what's up Brian hey Nick how's it going good Hey, um, question for you, or, well, it's for both of you, but now it's just for you. <laughs> Do you think that the fumble is one of the things holding Craig back in the Hall of Fame? I mean, you know, Joe Montana would have four uh, rings if yeah. it weren't for that fumble. They would have won three in a and row. Then, uh, yep, and then uh, we going to bust them Broncos this weekend? I, hey, Brian, appreciate the call, my man. Uh, first of all, I am optimistic about uh, Omaha versus Western Michigan. I, I really am. Time change, by the way. Saturday's game uh, is an hour earlier than what it was. Uh, I do like, and I think all Omaha has to do this weekend is get a split to feel good about where they are because they are now one point uh, right behind Western Michigan. Uh, so I do like them getting at least a split and looking good because since that Denver debacle uh, here mm, about three weeks ago, they've got 10 conference points. They are on a... Uh, uh, I guess a non-loss streak because they have gone three zero and one since then. And Western Michigan, great team, but I like the way Omaha has responded since that Denver series. So I think they get it done from the standpoint of at least a split. And hey, anything other than that, more than that on the road, you'll take it. As far as the Roger Craig one, Jimmy, well, I think that's well, interesting. Before we get to that one, let me see if Jeff wants to piggyback off. Okay, that. let's go to Jeff uh, first uh, before we get to the Roger Craig discussion. He called right after Brian, but he had Roger Craig thoughts, and he's been very patient. All right, Jeff, what do you got, man? Hello, Jeff, are you still there? One for two. Okay. Jeff, if uh, you're listening, call back. I want to get into the Roger Craig discussion. But, but the, what he the, said, the fumbles, what you're going to say, super interesting. I never yeah. thought of that before, but I do remember that fumble well. I do, too. And I'm the it was part, a perfect shot by LT on the ball. I mean, it's... Right. And I just... I know if you're kind of... If that moment is frozen in time, it's an image that you have a tough time getting over. But isn't this where we're also looking at the entire body of work? Like to to me, we should. I, I, and, and I, don't, I don't. I don't think Brian is completely off on at least bringing that part of it up. But when I I think of Roger Craig and I think of those, I don't teams, think of the fumble. I think of him tearing dudes I, I up too. back because imagine him today. Right. Well, I I just think of. I mean, I know it's easy to do, but seriously, imagine him. Put him in your favorite offense, whichever one it is that has. You put him in the Chiefs offense. Yep. Uh, you put him with Kyle Shanahan. What anyone that you anything you want to keep cool. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you see what they'd be able to do with him, and they were doing that then. Dude had a thousand yards rushing and receiving in a season back in a time when right. not a ton of people got a thousand yards receiving. Yeah, in, in eighty five alone, 
he has over 2,500 combined yards. People didn't do that. Then. No. Hell, that's and not he had the 15, most common now. 15 touchdowns. Six of those were receiving, by the way. But it wasn't like, okay, well, he had one good year. I mean, he had uh, back-to-back years of... He was a consistent. 1,000 yards in 88-89. In mm-hmm. a very good time to be a San Francisco 49er as well. He and Tom well. Rathman were amazing together. Right. I just I think of the body of work where... To Brian's point, are you thinking about the fumble or and there were there were fumble issues with Roger every now and then too? It wasn't just in that big moment. Yeah, it wasn't the biggest surprise, even though I just defended him on that. But when he fumbled, he he was prone mm-hmm. to that. That that would happen with him. But dudes do fumble in football. It happens. I just, I just think he still had three touchdowns in Super Bowl nineteen. I think the pros of that career outweigh the cons, and oh, I think 100%. the moments, the amount of moments that he delivered in big games, especially in the playoffs. Compared to you know having a a brutal fumble in a key moment when they drafted st- Ricky I st- Waters, I st- he still- had big shoes to fill because Ricky was essentially taking Rogers' place. Yeah, and that was no small feat because you had to be able to do all the things Roger could do, and Ricky was good at it. Yep. But let's it- not forget where the bar was set and why it was set where it was. And there were just guys that when they got to the second level, the, like his running style too, with uh, the, those knees up there. Like I don't think dudes like tackling. No. Him. He didn't look like he was fun to tackle. And so, and like that's the thing. Like we have Neither these, we have these images of things that you know guys have done. Whether you have the image of Roger Craig fumbling, or you have the image of Roger Craig being not only this great running back, but you know being able to get swing passes out of the backfield mm-hmm. and be able to make guys miss. To me, I always think of him with the high knees running through and just kind of doing it in an effortless manner where he's changing directions, but Almost he's symphonic. Yeah, it's just yeah. he was one of those rare running backs. And it had that unique running style, too, that that's kind of where my image of him is. And I do. And I think of the Niners, because this is where I was always locked into the Bears in the playoffs, playing either the Niners or the Cowboys. And then it kind of became Mm -hmm. the Niners-Bears, then Niners-Cowboys, and watching him perform time after time in those either the NFC Championship games or just even the divisional playoffs. 33 was a huge part of that, Mm -hmm. was a huge part of that success. Yes, it wasn't just in one year. I know it's a red-button issue here for obvious reasons, but... You would think that Roger Craig was trying to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame the way that they don't put him. I, I don't yeah. get it. Yeah, there, there's. it's almost like they, they continue to kind of move the goalposts for, for Roger Craig compared to other people that get in. But the other one, too, and, and I'm with Gary on this one, the the Antonio Gates one, that, that to me is surprising. Uh, shout out to Ken, who, again, he emailed earlier. Ken uh, emails often, so I appreciate hearing from Ken. Anyway, he goes, again, no Roger Craig. What does he have to do to get into the Hall of Fame where he belongs? I agree, Ken. He does belong. Yeah. Madden always said it best. The Hall of Fame, the criteria is if you can't tell the story of pro football without this person or whatever it may be, that's your answer. Yeah. Kind of like the MVP. Uh, what were you talking about the other day? Oh, Embiid. Um, we're going to find out really quickly. Oh, no, Joey was saying it. Embiid's out for, uh, not trying to sidetrack this to NBA, but Embiid's going to be out a couple months. Mm-hmm. If the Sixers kind of fall apart, by definition, that's the MVP. Now, he's not going to play 65 games to qualify, but yeah. by definition, the MVP is called the most valuable player. Yeah, That's, again, if you can't tell the story, that's my point, if you can't tell the story without that person, they belong in. I agree. And, and this Roger is... Craig very much is one of those people in pro football, especially seeing how the game yep. has evolved, and a lot of it are derivatives from that West Coast offense. Andy Reid got his background. Kyle Shanahan, same thing. Mike was part of that. They have principles in there 
Roger Craig's sort of a godfather of a lot of the things you mm-hmm. see people doing. When you see Christian McCaffrey tear stuff up on Sunday, that was Roger Craig forty or 35 years ago. Yeah, and the other part about, and this, this is where I was getting some pushback last night with Devin Hester finally getting into the Hall of Fame. Where Same I've, thing. Can't I've, tell the story without him. You can't. And and I'm with Gary where I do great hope point. this kind of opens it up for guys like Mitchell. And, and I, like I think of one of the other great return men in Dante Hall, yeah. where you're going to know them more for them be, what they did as a specialist as opposed to what they did at their position. I, I just think that anytime you are able to hone in on a craft that can change a game. And like Gary brought up too, when there is a game plan around you, like the, the amount of frustration on sidelines when even though you weren't supposed to punt or kick to Devin Hester, it still wound up in the hands of 23 that it just drove coaches crazy because that was against the game plan and he would make you pay for it more times than not. Like to me, that is different. To me, you are changing the course of a game with a rare ability. Specialists, as long as you have that ability to change a game, as long as you have that ability to stand out, or as you say, you, can, you can't tell the story without those guys, to me that's Hall it's of that Fame simple. worthy. Gates, yeah. same thing. I get Look p- at the MVP today. Antonio Gates crawled so that Travis Kelsey could walk. Mm-hmm. Like You could probably, hell, you could probably ask Kittle and Kelsey for their thoughts, and they could probably tell you, that was one of my dudes I looked up to and how yeah. I played the position, how I played the game. Well, when you're when you're a specialist too, like and and he brought up the the uh comparison to like, you know, getting a DH in like when when yeah. you know for, as far as I think of like David Ortiz. Like David Ortiz, yeah, he played first base. You watch him play first base? It's brutal. Yeah. It's absolutely brutal. That's a DH. But in the playoffs, yeah. when you needed a big bat yeah, to get I mean, you something? Exactly. And if you needed a big moment in a football game, I think of specialists at the top of the list, and Devin Hester always put it at the very top, but also a guy like Dante Hall that, okay, if he's back there and they are dumb enough to kick to him, look out. Mm-hmm. This could get things started. And at the very least, if they're not housing it, they're giving you the field position that could lead to the game-winning drive or the drive they that turn the turns momentum, the trajectory. Exactly. Get the crowd into the game. Exactly. Changes everything. And they're must-see. When they're on the field, whether you kick to them or not, as soon as they're standing back there waiting to return a kick or a punt, it's must see football yeah that pretty much is i mean the whole thing is just a mic drop when you go back to roger craig and antonio gates even just saying that I'm like really they're not in the hall of fame yeah why did they retire four years ago like right. what am i missing and i'm still what what am i missing maybe i'm missing something who maybe did i they, don't know anything who did they piss off i don't yeah. that too yeah, i'm not sure uh coming up in the eight o'clock hours we uh, need to get to break but we are going to be talking to kevin harlan voice of the super bowl that you'll hear on westwood one right here on 1620 the zone and we'll also have that on uh, coil where you typically hear the chiefs games as well uh the chiefs coverage by the way if you're curious about that we will have the chiefs radio pregame and postgame unfortunately we can't carry the, there's a whole contract thing that uh the NFL doesn't allow, so we won't hear the Mitch Holtis broadcast, but you'll hear the Westwood One broadcast. Oh, on I didn't realize that. Yes. Even if you're an affiliate? Yep. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of a weird uh, deal with the NFL. So you will hear wow. all of the Chiefs pregame coverage right up to kickoff. And but then, for what it's worth, you're getting the uh, one-time play-by-play voice of the Chiefs. Exactly. You're getting Kevin Hartland, so that's the next best thing. And you'll get uh, Chiefs postgame as well on Coil for Sunday. And then right here on 1620 The Zone, you'll have all of the Westwood One coverage, which it is lengthy pregame coverage and then of course we've got the game itself so we will talk to kevin harlan who will be on that call when we come back back to some college basketball and the other thing going on on sunday 
in Lincoln. What will happen when it comes to Caitlin Clark's pursuit of history? That and more, 1620 The Zone. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.